Has a doctor ever misdiagnosed you? If so, how did it affect you? In my high school, my history teacher was misdiagnosed with cancer. I saw her go from depression to acceptance to anger in a span of six months. After she found out, I remember her asking the class if any of our parents were lawyers. I felt really bad for her. She was already thinking how to say goodbye to her seven-year-old. Not quite the same, but similar happened to me, only for a short time. I was at the ER, coughing with pain, etc. I had x-rays done and my husband and I were waiting for the results. A doctor came in and told us he had bad news and that I had cancer. We were shocked and I started to cry. He looked at my name tag and said he'd be back. Ten minutes later, another doctor came in to tell me I had pneumonia and they would start treatment straight away. We asked about the cancer, but she didn't have any idea what we were talking about. Probably the only time I've been happy to have pneumonia. Our neighbor across the road had the reverse happen. The doctors kept telling her there was nothing wrong with her. By the time they finally diagnosed her breast cancer, it was too late. She was dead within a few months at 28, leaving a husband and four young children. I guess this is why hypochondriacs exist. When I was 14, I was told I was pregnant after getting an ultrasound to check my kidneys due to high blood pressure. No pregnancy test, no questions. I was a young girl, so I obviously was pregnant after they found an abnormal mass. Ended up being a cyst. None of the doctors would listen to me when I said that I had never even kissed a boy before. The sad part of the story was that after the doctor told my dad and me that I was 10 weeks pregnant, I adamantly denied that it was even possible. My dad actually stood up for me and took my side. The doctors then called my mom and accused my father of sexually assaulting me. Eventually, I was sent to a women's hospital and two hours later confirmed that I was not the Virgin Mary. Physically, it didn't affect me, but I've been very wary of going to doctors since. Sounds to me like that doctor thought he was frickin' house or something. But in all fairness, to some degree, I can kind of understand the wariness of some of these things. I ditched my GP after she accused me, an overweight and wearing an empire dress, of being pregnant and making me lay down on the exam table so she could feel my stomach. I didn't even get the dignity of peeing on a stick. She decided the best way to decide whether I was pregnant or not was to knead my stomach and declare it nice and soft. Grossish alert. My grandmother went to the doctor for blood in her stool and told her it was hemorrhoids. She asked him to perform some tests because she didn't believe it was just hemorrhoids. He refused and told her to come back if the H medication didn't work. It didn't and it turns out she had colon cancer. It was so far along by this point that she passed six months after her diagnosis. Maybe some people would disagree, but I think if I told the doctor to give me tests because it would put my mind at ease or something or it might make you discover something that might be even more wrong with me than we first imagined, then by God, I'm going to make them do it. Age one, you have nerve damage from spinal bifida that affects your bladder. Here, take this medicine and learn how to pee through a straw. Age 12. Oh, the medicine isn't working. Are you sure you're using it correctly? Age 16. Here, try Ditropan again. Age 21. Here, try bladder Botox. Age 22. Oh, hold up, there's something weird about your bladder. You also have a second ureter on your left kidney. Age 23. Yeah, you have a hole in your bladder that's probably congenital. There since birth. Wait six months and we'll get you in to fix that up. I've had multiple MRIs since birth and apparently the second 
second ureter and the hole in the bladder was somehow missed, I'm still waiting for the surgery date. I also want to make it clear that I have no ill thoughts about anyone who missed my diagnosis for so long. Stuff happens, and it's definitely not a reflection on my healthcare system. I'm more annoyed at my own body for being so messed up to begin with. The only person I'm annoyed with is the guy that told me I wasn't trying hard enough, and he's dead now, so I can't even be like, in your face, jerk. Personally, I, I think that's real cope, to be honest. No, your healthcare system really sucks if through 23 years of, you know, having this checked out and no one really noticed this. I don't know, that's just my opinion. A psychologist I was seeing once gave me schizoaffective disorder, but walked it back to a temporary psychotic episode a few weeks later. Spent those few weeks in a state of shock and disbelief, though. Horrendous pain. Vomiting. ER doc says that I have a lot of stool. I told the doctor that he wasn't the first person to tell me that I was full of crap, but that there was something else wrong. Another doctor says the same thing. I am becoming belligerent because of this nonsense and the excruciating pain. Third opinion, doctor orders CT. I had gangrene on my appendix and it was hours from rupturing. Midnight emergency surgery. Five days in the hospital. If I went along with what they had initially said, I would be dead. I went to an ER after driving to 12 feet. I heard something like a crackle and pool water drizzling down my throat through my ear, and immense pain. Upon describing this to the doctor at the ER, he diagnosed it as an ear infection, a zero to full-blown ear infection, which had nothing to do with the dive, the nose, or the fact that pool water has a very distinct taste when it runs down the back of your throat. At my ear specialist, who I saw as soon as possible, I was correctly diagnosed with barotrauma, the effect from the first doctor was unnecessary agony for 24 hours because he apparently didn't get paid enough to listen to anything beyond the symptoms. At least in the end, it was a full recovery. When I was 15, my GP told my mom that the crippling pain below my sternum, the very upper part of my abdomen, was heartburn and he prescribed antacids, ignoring the fact that this pain would literally have me on the floor in the fetal position crying. Heartburn. So, of course, the medicine doesn't work and I deal with this pain several times a week for four years, until I'm 19 and deployed to Iraq. Thankfully, my NCO wouldn't listen when I had an attack and told him it'd pass. He sent me to our clinic. They draw blood, it's pancreatitis, secondary to gallstones. They removed my gallbladder and it got much better. I still have rare acute pancreatitis that I believe is from the damage of four years worth of stones passing through my duct. That quack. You know, I think the closest thing to any of these stories that I had is when I broke my foot. I went to the school nurse and she was like, ah, it's fine. It's just a bruise. It's like, no, I literally can't walk. I'm going to the hospital. I went to my pediatrician when I was 19 about pains I had been having in my back. They were in a specific location, a bit left of my spine, center height, and would come suddenly, be quite intense, and then go away for a while. It wasn't a new feeling, but they were getting worse. She chalked it up to my anterior pelvic tilt, poor posture, lack of exercise, and prescribed me some workouts to do. It wasn't bad thinking on her part, as I wasn't in great shape at the time, but it definitely felt like she didn't take my symptoms very seriously. Maybe I didn't do a good enough job conveying the intensity. About a year later, I was at my parents' house, made myself a box of Kraft mac and cheese, and wound up in by far the most pain I've ever experienced. It's hard to describe the pain without sounding hyperbolic, but I'll say I was sat in a chair trying not to breathe and thinking about how long I could last before jumping headfirst over the balcony railing into the floor below. 
I can say with confidence I will never feel more physical pain, which is a strange thought. Fire department came to the house but were afraid to move me, thinking I had pinched a nerve. After a couple of hours in the chair, the pain somewhat suddenly vanished, and I had my dad drive me to the ER. Got to the ER, had an ultrasound, which was awesome, and the docs found that my gallbladder was stuffed with gallstones. Not just a couple, but dozens, and two of them were about the size of quarters, which is also about the width of a gallbladder. These two stones alone were actually filling my gallbladder side to side. My gallbladder was also completely infected and had been for some time. Lots of WTF faces on the doctors that day. Turns out the stones had been building for years. They estimated that it started in middle school and I had just gotten used to the random pain somehow. Pretty weird looking back on it. Anyway, they ripped that crap right out of me and life's been a lot better since. I was just not diagnosed. Horrendously painful periods from the age of nine. I could barely get out of bed or go to school. They were heavy as well. My doctor, an older man, told me and my mother to suck it up that it was all part of being a woman. I was depressed and lived like this for nine years, barely getting out of bed for a week, at least a month and missing heaps of school. Then I got pregnant at 17, which I now know is a miracle. Had my first ultrasound and my ovaries were covered in endometrial cysts. I tried to give birth naturally, but all the endometriosis and scarring made it impossible, so I had a C-section. After my C-section, the endometriosis held on to my C-section incision, causing severe pain and unfortunately two more operations before that was cleared. I lived in severe pain for so long because my doctor thought periods should be painful. They shouldn't. If I had been diagnosed earlier, my body could have been prepared for pregnancy, though D's and C's and other procedures which could have made my pregnancy, birth, and recovery much easier. I went to the doctor with really bad food poisoning and he told me it was nothing and that I should eat something like digestives, graham biscuits because I hadn't eaten for three days. Turns out that's absolutely the worst thing you can do with salmonella as it strips your stomach lining. It felt like I'd eaten a bunch of razor blades. I ended up in hospital for the pain and nobody told me what was wrong with me until after I was released. I would never have known if it wasn't for the phone call from the Center of Communicable Diseases. A risk of sounding stupid, I actually had no idea. Idea, that's what salmonella does to you. I was misdiagnosed as having pneumonia. Pneumonia would have been preferable. I left work early one day because there was an extremely sharp pain in my back, just under my shoulder blade as well as just underneath my ribcage on the same day. I was also having difficulty breathing. I miraculously managed to drive to the ER. In hindsight, I'm aware it was a dumb idea and got checked in. They gave me some non-narcotic painkillers, did some x-rays and ran a few other tests. The doctor came in after a while and said I had pneumonia, gave me a prescription for a Z-Pack or whatever it's called and discharged me. I had just driven out of the hospital and got a call from a number I didn't recognize. I answered and they said they were from the hospital. They requested for me to come back as quickly as I could. Don't bother checking in, just go straight back to the room I just left. I went back into the room and the doctor told me that they had looked at my x-rays again. Turns out my lung had collapsed. They rushed a specialist in immediately, like 10 minutes maybe, and were getting me prepped for surgery. Everything went pretty smoothly and everyone was extraordinarily nice to me. I'm positive every 
everyone was so nice because there were definitely grounds for a lawsuit. I wasn't looking to get rich off anyone, though. I just wanted to breathe again. I had extremely good insurance with the company I was with at the time. I paid $100 for the emergency room fee, and the rest of the $1,700 bill was covered. So that was nice. While I was in there, a shirt popped up on the Woot.com, and I bought it immediately. It read, Lifetime Achievement Award for Breathing, Respiring Since Birth. I was in the hospital for almost not getting that very achievement. It was fate. I still have the shirt somewhere, but I got fat and it doesn't fit now. I've been told that quite a few people visited me while I was in the hospital. I don't remember most of them. I was on a bunch of diluted while I was awake. I do remember a buddy asking me how I peed with all the wires and the monitors attached to me and responding simply with my penis. He looked at my mom and said, he'll be fine. He's too much of a butthole to die. Overall, I would read having a collapsed lung as a terribly awful experience. You never really think about how much you breathe until you can't. It sucks. A lot. I'm certain I can imagine. Not me, but my mom. A few months ago, she was having this horrible pain in her lower abdomen, sides, and back. We put her symptoms into a symptom checker app, and one of the diagnoses that came up was an ectopic pregnancy. For those who don't know what that is, it's when the embryo begins forming in the fallopian tubes. When this is the case, it's pretty much a guarantee the baby won't make it, and it puts the mother's life at serious risk too. Anyway, silly little symptom app. Who cares? A few days later, she went to the doctor and got her blood tests done. The doctor came back with the results and told her she was pregnant. My mom knew it wasn't possible to have been recently, so she starts freaking out that the ectopic pregnancy is the case. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And that's exactly what the doctor thought, too. Meanwhile, every nurse and doctor in the building was rushing around, freaking out, trying to get her to the specialist. But they were too busy. So they started calling ambulances to rush her to the hospital. Amid all the chaos, the doctor approaches my crying mother and apologizes, saying he was looking at the wrong blood results. Blood results of hers almost exactly three years prior. She currently has a two-and-a-half-year-old. Not exactly a misdiagnosis, but rather an unlucky train wreck of events. Anyways, when I was 14, I had appendicitis. Got home from school one Friday and thought I had a bad stomach ache. Got worse and worse, and finally on Sunday night, it burst. And yet, even then, my parents and I were just starting to think it might be my appendix. It was late that Sunday, so we decided to wait till morning. Side note, when I went into the ER, I was so sick I was hunched over and actually slightly pooped my pants. Went into the ER and got diagnosed, but had to wait another seven hours to be absolutely sure that that it was appendicitis because reasons. By the time they wheeled me into the OR, I was vomiting black bile. Woke up from surgery feeling slightly better, but totally knocked out from all the substances. Then my pain started to get worse, and the doctor told me I had an abscess in my abdomen because we waited so long to do the appendectomy. I had two options. Get surgery, which would be a surefire but painful way to drain it, or be transferred to their main campus about 15 minutes away and do a procedure to put a drain into it. The drainage would take a 
about a week, I opted for the week-long drain. The operation was successful, and a week later, I'm halfway out the door with the drain still in me as doctors are telling me how to take care of it at home. Then they drew my blood and saw that my white blood cell count was through the roof and made me stay again. I mean, my mom and I were packed up and I was dressed in actual clothes for the first time in a week. I was devastated. We were presented the same options as last time, but I opted for the surgery. As I was being prepped for this surgery, my doctor told me it would only take about an hour. Ended up being six hours. The abscess had been in my abdomen for so long that it had inflamed my intestines so badly they shredded my large intestines to near shreds. This was a laparoscopic surgery. My parents were told their son was still on the operating table after a three-hour delay and given two choices. Remove the damaged part of my intestines and run the risk of never being able to eat some foods ever again or getting an ileostomy bag. They chose the latter. I woke up in the middle of the night in the ICU completely zonked out and hearing my dad snore behind me. When I came to, I noticed the giant bulging red thing on my stomach with a bag over it, and it was moving. To say I was confused would be a wicked understatement. When the doctor came in in the morning, they explained to me what that thing was. As they did, I wondered when I was going to get it off. I asked, how long will this be on me? Like, three weeks? Bewildered, my doctor said, that's going to be on you for at least three to six months. Flawed, flabbergasted, at a complete loss for words. No words can describe the confusion and complete bewilderment that I had in that moment. I was in shock for the next week until one nurse asked if I wanted to name it Jeffrey the Stoma. Gone but never forgotten. She changed my outlook on the whole situation. If I was going to have this bag of poop hanging from my stomach, might as well make the most of it. It wasn't easy. I had to cut most of the foods I normally ate like greasy stuff out of my diet since it went straight through my small intestines and into the bag like water. The bag would constantly spill in the middle of the night and I'd wake up covered in poop. But I made it. Surgery day finally arrived four months later and Jeffrey was gone. And then things went from bad to worse to worst in a matter of minutes. I was sitting in the play area they had since I was in the pediatric wing and wanted to walk about. This was about three days after the surgery. I was being visited by a friend at that time when I got a sharp pain in my stomach, but it was easily ignorable. It got progressively worse. My thought process went like this. I'll be fine. I'll just take some pain meds when I get back to my bed. I'll see if I can ask for pain meds right now since I'm carrying my IV around with me anyways. I'm going to die aren't I? Literally minutes before I was walking around by myself with little to no help, now I was screaming in pain trying to even lift myself off the couch and into a wheelchair. We waited a week when we decided that I needed another surgery and probably would have another ostomy. Two side notes. One, I spent my 15th birthday eating ice chips. Two, because I was so dejected that I was getting another ostomy right before my surgery, my mom went and got me a small amount of what I had been craving all week apple juice. I hadn't been able to eat or drink for the whole week, so that juice was still the greatest thing I've ever tasted in my life. I'm told the doctor right before, and he silently put a finger up to his lips and smiled awesome dude. After the surgery, they found an entire liter of feces that was spilling out due to the intestine reconnection failure. I had also been incredibly bloated and looked pregnant, says my mom. The failed surgery left me in the ICU for a week, barely managing to even stay alive, let alone awake for more than 15 minutes at a time. I just laid in my bed for an entire week, sweating, probably gallons of sweat every day and watching Food Network and requesting that my mom make that when I go out. I recovered from the ICU, then got 
got out a week later with another ostomy bag. Didn't even bother naming this one because at this point I just wanted to be done with the medical problems forever. Six months later, in the middle of my freshman year of high school, I got it removed once and for all. And thus ends my story. What a champ you are. I could not imagine being in the hospital for that long. I think I broke my foot in high school and I was there for maybe a week or so and I was utterly miserable. So, ooh, six months. I was told by the receptionist at A&E that I should go home because it's probably a migraine. It was bacterial meningitis. I am overweight. I don't sleep enough. I am exhausted all the time. I bruise easily. It feels like I have the full body arthritis on a bad day. For years, my doctor has said, you're fat lose weight. For years, I have refined my diet, upped my activity level, I got a little less fat, still didn't sleep, body hurt more. Brain tumor. It was a tumor. Granted, the best kind of tumor, small and benign, it destroyed my self-confidence, I went through years of frustration and self-doubt, my health continued to suffer as the tumor grew and completely shut down my endocrine system, and let me tell you, dealing with a non-functioning endocrine system is something else, but at least I know now what is wrong. That sounds like it freaking sucks, like I'm someone who cares a lot about their personal fitness and everything, but it must suck when you go to the doctors and every time it's like, oh, you're fat, you're fat, that's the reason why anything's wrong with you, it's because you're fat. And you're just sat there like, can we run some tests or maybe explore some other possibilities? Because I think it's more than that. It's like, no, it's because you're fat. On that note, though, if you're happy with your body the way that it is, I'm glad for you. But keep in mind that your personal, physical fitness and health is all your personal responsibility. And obesity does cause its own fair share of issues. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot. Linked in the description below.